Amen, amen. Can we give it up for Genesis one more time for our young women? Can we celebrate them but also celebrate a God who waited on us, who saw us where we were at when we weren't ready, when we weren't in our right mind, when we weren't in the right place, but God waited on us. Amen. Amen, 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 amen. Well, it is my privilege and my honor to stand before you on today. My name is Minister Ford, and I am excited about what God is going to do in this place on today. Amen? Amen. I don't know if you understand. I say this sometimes. Um, if you heard me teach on Wednesday nights, I'm kind of the uh, known as Isaiah. I'm the weeping prophet. I'll get up there, and I'm, I'm there teaching. I'm just crying. Just God is so good. But sometimes I get up here on Sunday mornings, and the little Pentecostal boy in me comes out. And I don't know about today, but there is a fire that is shot up in my bones. I am telling you and promising you that God is going to do something amazing in this place. And here's the fun fact about it. I don't care if you're not excited with me, because I know that God is going to do amazing and wonderful things so I want to give you a preview just right now to buckle up and strap in because God is going to do some amazing things through his word on today amen 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 if you can join with me we're going to be reading from John 14 and 12 just one verse we're going to look at for right now John 14 and 12 John 14 and 12. It is the custom of this house, if you could please stand for the reading and the hearing of God's word. And it reads as follows. If you don't have it, you can look on the screens behind me. We have it up there for you, and it reads as follows. I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done, and even greater works because I am going to live with the Father. I'll read that one more time. I'll tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works. Turn to your neighbor and say greater works. Greater works because I am going to be with the Father. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this time, this moment, and this opportunity there, God. I pray, dear God, that you cover me, dear God. Allow my flesh to die. Allow none of my words to speak, dear God, but allow you, dear God, to be transparent in my life, dear God. Speak through me and use me on today, dear God, to deliver a word, dear God, that someone may say, what must I do to be saved? We thank you for this. Give me preaching power and saving power. It's in your precious son, Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen, amen, amen. You may be seated. You may be seated at this time. First of all, giving honor to our pastor. Can we give it up one more time as he celebrates 12 years? Our pastor in separate, Christopher Earl Swims. I am so grateful for the life of this man and his ministry and for this opportunity as well. To all of our mothers, to all of our preachers and elders, um, to our deacons, to everyone in the respective places, and to my beautiful queen who is at home taking care of my two-month-old baby boy, Malachi Jeffrey Ford. I honor her. My queen at this time I would not be where I am or the man I am if it had not been for her real quick story real quick story real quick story there was this one farming community and in this community um, there was a drought going on like they, they, there was just no rain in sight and people were getting very very desperate because there was no rain they decided to do something that sounded like a good idea they decided to have a prayer meeting 
And in this prayer meeting, they said, guess what? We need everybody to come. We need, we don't matter if you're Christian, Muslim, Buddhist, Episcopalian, Baptist, Pentecostal, said everyone come, bring your Bibles, bring your rosary beads, bring your prayer shawls, bring the cane to do the rain dance, whatever you need to do, we need everybody to come because we are in desperate need of some rain. They finished that meeting with no rain in sight. I'm going to pause right there because the title of my sermon today is The Forecast Calls for MSW. The Forecast Calls for MSW. Now, see, it's an interesting thing when a weatherman tries to predict the weather. They go ahead and say, hey, I think there's a 70% chance of rain that it might rain tomorrow. There's a 30% chance that it might be a sunny day. But do we realize that we have to sometimes see what the spiritual forecast is in our life? And that's what we're going to look at today. But in order to do that, I have to tell you back yet again, the scripture we're looking at, that it says in John 14 and 12, the truth is that greater works we shall do. And I have to explain that. But to explain that, I have to go through these three things, MSW, and see what this forecast is calling for in our lives. Because my assignment is very clear on today that everyone watching or listening will be able to live out this scripture in John with no doubt, with no worries, with no fear that God will do greater works in our lives. So the first scripture we're going to look at is Matthew 8, Matthew 8, 5 through 13. And I'll read it for you in your hearing because this is a story that you may have heard in Sunday school many times. This is about the faith of the Roman officer. Matthew 8 and 5 reads that when Jesus returned to Capernaum, a Roman officer came and pleaded with him and said, Lord, my young servant lies in bed and is paralyzed and is in terrible pain. Now catch this. This is a Roman centurion. We have to understand at the time, Jesus is a Jew. This is a Roman centurion. A Roman centurion, this was a man of power, a man of influence. He was actually in charge of over a hundred soldiers in Rome. It's kind of like if you imagine the police chief would come up to you who has the whole police force behind him and he asks you for a favor. He asks God, now Jesus, the Christ, to say, hey, please come and heal my servant. He's making a request not for himself but for somebody else. Understand that for Jesus to go as a Jew to a Gentile's house was something that you just wouldn't do. You know there's some places that you just wouldn't find yourself in? There's some people's company that you just wouldn't put yourself around because you didn't want to be associated with them? This was what it was like for this Roman centurion to ask Jesus to come to his house. But yet Jesus says, I will come and heal him. But see, I'm so glad just even right there that we serve a Savior, we serve a Christ that doesn't see it beneath himself to come sit with the sinners. We serve a Savior that doesn't matter that he will come to our house. Oh, you may not want somebody, an invited guest to come to your house because your dishes may not be clean. Your bed may not be made up. But Jesus says, knowing our mess, knowing the condition that our life is, that Jesus is still willing to come see about us. That's a blessing to know that no matter what we are going through in our life, no matter what the condition of our life is, no matter what the status of our life is, that Jesus will still come see about you. But the officer replies, he says, Lord, I am not worthy for you to come to 
to my home. Just say the word from where you are and my servant will be healed. I know this because I'm under authority of my superior officers and I have authority over my soldiers. I only need to say go and they go. Come and they come. And if I say do, my slaves will do it. And when Jesus heard this now, Jesus is amazed. And he turns around. Jesus now stops what he's doing. Heard what the man says. Turns around to everyone who is following him. And he says, I tell you the truth. I haven't seen such a faith like this in all of Israel because this man had enough faith to believe Jesus now was astounded. He was blown away by the fact that this man had so much faith. And he says to the officer, go back home because you believed it has happened and the young servant was healed that same hour. I'm here to tell you that the first thing that the forecast is calling for is miracles. That Jesus is calling for miracles in our life. See, miracles come when we understand God's authority. Miracles come when we understand God's authority. Catch this. Look back at verse 9. It says, the Roman centurion says this, I am under the authority of my superior officers and I have authority over my soldiers. I tell them to go and they go. I tell them to do and they do. The Roman soldier understood how authority works. He had his own men under his command. He did not need to be present for his soldiers to obey his order. They only needed to know that the word was spoken by a, centurion, by, by a superior officer. See, what we need to understand is that the centurion knows that Jesus had the authority to heal and all he had to do was speak a word. See, you missed it right there. The forecast is calling for miracles in our life if we understand the authority of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that all he has to do is speak a word to that situation, that he doesn't even have to show up, but just at the very mention of his name, that situations have to change. Just at the very mention of his name, that healing can take place if we are understanding that God you are calling us for great things we have to see the weather on the horizon and we have to understand that God is wanting for miracles to be displayed in our lives but the only way that's going to happen is if we are able to stand in the faith of the centurion and believe that Jesus you only need to speak a word in my life no matter what is going on no matter what the situation may be no matter how my household may look Jesus if you just speak a word I wonder if there's anybody here that needs God to speak a word into your life that needs God to forecast some miracles in your life I wonder if you could just tell your neighbor speak a word see 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 all that you need to know is just at that word once you understand that authority that Jesus is able to do amazing things. But miracles don't just come by speaking a word, but miracles come by faith. And that faith is the complete trust and confidence in someone or something. See, the problem is that our faith is misguided because we put our faith in man and what man can do. Say, God, I don't need you to speak a word in my life because guess what? I could do it for myself. I could get it for myself. I could hustle for myself. I got it out the mud by myself. But when we realize, just like the centurion, he had the faith to believe. And the faith was so much faith that it blew Jesus' 
his mind. I wonder if we have enough faith to blow God's mind to say, God, I believe in your word. God, I believe what you said. There is no shadow of turning of doubt in you because I believe the word of the Lord. And when we believe in his word, we are able to stand on his word and we are able to speak his authority. That is a powerful thing when you understand who's got your back. When you understand who is speaking on your behalf that we're not going into this fight by ourselves. We are not going into this fight all alone. But we understand that we have Jesus who was sent by God the Father who is now able to say, son, my daughter, you can be healed, you can be restored, and you can be set free all because of the miracle working power of Jesus. So that was the first thing that's on the forecast. That we have to see that miracles are coming into our lives. But there is another thing that's coming on the forecast. And we're going to look at Mark 11. Mark 11, 12 through 25. And it reads this. This is the story of Jesus now. We just celebrated Easter. This was during the Holy Week. On that Monday, he's coming in. They cried out, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. And as Jesus is coming in, he's coming in. And it records that the next morning as they're leaving Bethany, Jesus was hungry. He said, look, I need something to eat. I'm starving. And he noticed, he's walking, and he notices a tree. He notices a fig tree full of leaf a little way off, so he went over to see if he could find any figs. But there were only leaves because it was too early in the season for fruit. I have to ask the question right there. Have many of us been like Jesus where we see something from afar off and we get excited? We see new opportunities. We see a new job. We see a new relationship. Or only to get there and find out that it has been false advertising, that we see something that it looks too good to be true. We said, oh, God, I think this may be it. And we get excited about the potential of what may be happening. Jesus is the same way here, that he was hungry and he had a need. And he was excited only to be disappointed by what he saw when he got up close to it. It's like looking at our forecast and seeing that it's supposed to be sunny, but it's raining. As a, a, we used to call it pump fake, and you think they're about to do one thing, and they're going to do something else. So then Jesus replies in verse 14. He says to the tree, may no one ever eat your fruit again. And the disciples heard him say it. Jesus did something interesting here. Jesus cursed the tree because it pretended to be something that it wasn't. The leaves looked full. It looked like it was supposed to bear good fruit. And he saw it, and he was excited, but because it wasn't what it was supposed to be, because it was presenting a false image, he cursed that tree and said, may no one ever eat of your fruit again. But I dare ask the question, can some of us be living like that tree? Can some of us be living a life that's full of leaves, but you're bearing no fruit? You, you put on the appearance that you got it all together. Oh, my marriage is fine. Oh, my kids is perfect. My finances are good. Meanwhile, you're barely hanging on. Meanwhile, you're living in debt. Meanwhile, you're living in stress because you're putting on this false image that you got it all together. I get it, ladies. You can buy that fancy new weave and put that install in and get those lashes attached. And fellas, I get it. You can put that Beijing in your beard and make it seem a little brighter than it 
used to be and you could do all these things but you are putting on a false image and appearing to be something that you're not and I wonder if that's the reason that you may be living a cursed life because God is saying you are not living the life that I've called you to live you are bearing false fruit and how dare you bear false fruit when I created you for so much more let us not be like that tree that's just putting on a bunch of leaves but we have no fruit in our lives the bible says it's by your fruit that you shall know them i don't ex expect people to do the same thing but i expect to be a fruit inspector that i could look into your life and i could see that you are bearing good fruit the story continues, and in between this, Jesus went into the temple, started kicking over the tables and chairs, said, you will not make my house a den of thieves, but now he's coming back the next day. They're walking the same path, and in verse 20, it records, the next morning, as they passed by the fig tree he had cursed, the disciples noticed that it had withered from the roots up. Peter now remembered what Jesus had said to the tree on the previous day and exclaimed, look, rabbi, teacher, the fig tree that you have cursed has withered and died. Peter could not believe what he was seeing. Then Jesus, he dropped so many nuggets and he dropped this so smooth out of his back pocket and just left it for the disciples to pick up. He said to his disciples, have faith in God. I tell you the truth. You can say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and it will happen. But you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. I tell you, you can pray for anything, and if you believe it, you will receive it, and it will be yours. Jesus says these powerful words because the second thing that the forecast is calling for, it's calling for signs. We have miracles, and now we have signs. Signs. How do we see the signs of God in our life? When we look at verse 22, it comes by faith. It says, have faith in God. We see the signs of God because our faith is put in the creator. Our faith is put in someone who is bigger and greater than ourselves. Real test real quick. Everybody stand up real quick. Real quick, real quick, real quick. If you can. Now everybody take a seat. Y'all like, why you have me stand up for nothing? For? Hold on, I'm going to make it make sense real quick. Everyone who just stood up and sat down, no one did this. Stand up, sit wait, wait, Before I sit down, let me check the screws. Deacon, look at the screws real quick. Are they sturdy? Is this, is this going to hold me up? Let me see the seat. Is the seat in the proper place that it needed to be? You had faith in the thing that you were doing because you knew that it was solid, it was sure, it was certain. In order to see the signs of God in our lives, we need to have faith in God and knowing that he has ordained your steps, that he has created your past, that no matter what is going on, he has already seen the forecast and he has made sure to lay straight the path that you are going for. You have to understand and ask yourself the question, where is your faith where is your faith what are you believing God to do that you know 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 without a shadow of a doubt he will come through DJ Khaled I don't know where the condition of his heart is but he had something right because he was going around for a season and all he would say is God did he would walk around everywhere and say God did and I wonder if DJ 
that Khaled has enough faith to know that God did. Can we stand and declare that God, you did. God, you can. God, you will. God, you shall. That there is nothing that is too hard for my God. So I see the signs of God because my faith is placed in God. My faith is assured. My faith doesn't waver. My faith is not going to fall dim because I know that God is going to do it. But then not also do we have to have the faith in God. We have to have the word of faith. Verse 23 says, I tell you the truth. You can say to this mountain, be thou removed and cast into sea and it will and it shall happen. When we have the faith of God to see the signs of God, we know that God can do so many great things that we have to have no doubt, that we have to have no fear. Because the word says, for you have not given me of the spirit of fear, but you have given me power love and a sound mind. What does that mean? I have the power to know what I'm supposed to do and the strength to get it done. I have to love to believe that God can do it, but I have the sound and wise mind to know that God, I can do anything. But see, I, I, I know that's a part that you struggle with. Can, can you really believe that you could go to a mountain and look at that mountain and say, fall into the sea, and that God is God enough that he's going to be like, okay, the mountain has to fall into the sea. See, I, I think we think that God is not capable to do that, but sometimes it's not really going to be a mountain, but it may be a mountain in your life. What is that mountain in your life that you need to walk up into and say, you know what? No more are you going to stop blocking me. No more are you going to be in the way. Why? Because the word of God said that if I believe and have no doubt that the word of faith is going to activate something. So now I look at that mountain and say, look, mountain of depression, remove yourself and fall into the sea. Mountain of despair, remove Remove yourself and fall into the sea. Mountain of sickness, remove yourself and fall into the sea. Why? Because the forecast is calling for a sign, and I'm believing in the word of God that it will and it shall happen. But it's also a prayer of our faith. Verse 24 says, I tell you, you can pray for anything, and if you believe that you receive it, it will be yours. We have to pray a prayer of faith and believe and know without a shadow of a doubt that God can do it. How many times do we pray timid prayers or those get me out of jail free card prayers? Lord, I know I didn't study for this test, but if you help me right now, I promise you I'm going to do everything I'm supposed to do. Lord, I know this cop pulled me over and my license plate is not registered and I don't have my license. God, I need you to show up. So if you do it right now, God, I'll serve you for the rest of my days. And we pray these emergency prayers, but they really lack a place of of faith because if you had the faith you would have put yourself in a position to succeed and to see that God I gotta be better I gotta do better I gotta get this right when we pray in faith we are going to see the signs of God because catch this when God does the impossible he will show us a sign when God wants to do the impossible in your life he's going to give you a preview a trailer he's gonna let you know hey this is what's soon gonna come the release date is on the way. You don't believe me? Come here, Abraham. God told Abraham, sacrifice your son. He went up to the mountain, put his son on the altar, and he had enough faith to believe in a God that was
was gracious enough. He lifted the knife and he got ready to stab his son. But all of a sudden, God sent a ram in the bush. He sent a sign to say, guess what? You don't have to sacrifice your son. But because you've been faithful to my word, I'm going to show you a sign that I'm still yet a deliverer. Okay, let's move on down the line. Come here, Moses. Moses said, God, I can't do this. I don't have enough faith in my ability to talk to Pharaoh. So God said, take this staff. And as a sign, when you throw this staff on the ground, it will turn into a snake. And when you pick it up, it will turn back into a staff. God gave Moses a sign. Come here, three wise men. God said, I will show you a sign by a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes that this is the Christ. So we have to know that when God is going to do something impossible in our life, he is going to send you a sign. But what sign are you seeing? What sign are you receiving? Are you paying attention to see God? What are you trying to say? What are you trying to do? You have to believe God Give me a sign. We may be a place of desperation saying, God, I don't know what to do. I hear the preacher talking about faith, but my faith is very low right now. God, give me a sign. Can you believe that God is faithful enough, that God loves you enough, that he will never leave you, that he will never forsake you, and you may not see it. You may not know how it's going to happen, but God said, I'm going to give you a sign. Guess what that sign may be? Because that no good joker don't call you back that may be a sign guess what because your car may be breaking down because you ain't changed the oil that may be a sign for you to do something but can we pay attention to the signs that God is showing in our lives I love it that he's a faithful God I promise you, he will not do anything without giving you a sign. But also catch this. You may say, well, I can't help but get into trouble. This scripture saved my life so many times. 1 Corinthians 10 and 13. There is no temptation common to man that God won't provide a way of escape from. What does that mean? That means, Lord, when I was single and I'm struggling, and I'm like, Lord, my eyes see something fine like wine, and I want to make it mine. I said, Lord, please provide me a way of escape, and God will send me a sign. And Pastor Swims would call me and say, Kurt, what you doing? I said, I'm about to come to church because I'm about to burn. God will give you a sign that will keep you when you don't want to be kept. God will give you a sign when you need something and you need help. But can you pay attention and say, God, I'm going to see the sign. And I'm going to follow it. Because catch this, the fig tree was a sign. It was a sign that said, okay, hey, this is something that's supposed to have life. This is something that's supposed to give nutrients and substance, something good. But it is not operating the way that I intended it to. So guess what? I'm going to curse that thing. And as a sign, I'm going to see that dead thing that's going to come to pass. See, I would be remiss if I left you right there because verse 25 of this says something that's very powerful. Verse 25 is actually a little bit of a check when I'm like, okay, well, God, you didn't have to put, put verse 25 in here. Verse 25 don't make me feel good because verse 25 says this. So all that is good, he says. Let's, let, let's recap. 
All right, hey, have faith in God. I tell you the truth, you can say to this mountain, be lifted up and thrown into the sea and it will happen. But you must really believe, have no doubt in your heart. I tell you, you can pray for anything, and if you believe it, you receive it, it's yours. Yes, God, I'm believing God for that Mercedes CLS 550 black on black. God, I'm believing you for this and that. God, I'm believing you for this and that. But God, why ain't happening? God, I've been praying. God, I did what the preacher told me to do. God, I'm trying to do my best to live right. But it still ain't happening. God, are you really God? God, are you, see, that may not be you. I, I've prayed those prayers before. God, are you really God? God, are you really what you say in this book? God, are you really who you say you are? But verse 25, check me, and it says, but when you are praying, <laughs> y'all ain't gonna like this, but when you are praying, first thing you gotta do, forgive anyone you are holding a grudge against. I know y'all ain't gonna like this. Forgive anyone you are holding a grudge against so that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins too. See, when we come to God expecting him to show us a sign, we pray the prayer of faith, but all the while we're still holding grudges. We still got that bitterness in our heart. We still got that envy in our heart. We still jealous of what that other person got. Guess what? You still mad at that boy or that girl in grade school that never said, check yes, when he said, do you like me, yes or no? And they said, no, because you're ugly. And you're like, oh, and you still mad at that. But to this day, you see their name come across on Facebook. You're like, oh, I can't stand that person. Oh, guess what? Touch a little closer to home. I know, I know, you may still be mad at your mama. You may still be mad at your daddy. Guess what? They was never there for me. They didn't love me like I needed to be loved. They didn't take care of me like I needed to be taken care of. I needed them, and they weren't there. I didn't ask to be in this world. You could be mad, and now you're holding a grudge. And the problem, though, with that is you think that you're going to be fine, that everywhere else in life you're going to be good, but that grudge now starts to build a poison. And it starts to leak into areas of your life. And next thing you know, you're just yelling at your kids and they didn't even do nothing wrong. Now you got an attitude at your job and they just say good day to you. Why? Because you let that fester and build on the inside and it has now a push. But then guess what? This is the crazy part. You have the audacity to tell God that you believe him for the impossible. But you don't even have the faith to believe God to allow you to forgive that person. Ooh. I'm sorry, I got to come to your doorstep, but that's a big and a great problem that God's sitting there like, oh, yeah, yeah, I could do the impossible. I could heal the sick. I could raise the dead. But, oh, wait, hey, what about that person that did you wrong? No, God, don't do that. Mm, no, 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 don't, don't worry about that, God. I, I, I don't want you to deal with that. De heal me of the sickness. Heal me of my mind. Heal me of my body. But, no, God, don't touch my emotions. Don't touch my feelings. Don't touch. You don't know what they did to me, God. You don't know how they hurt me. You don't know how they talked about me. You don't know how they smiled in your face. Now they, uh, what's the backstabbers? They stabbing you in the back. All these things. You don't know, God, and we don't want God to touch that. But I'm here to tell you that if you have the faith to believe God for the impossible, then have the faith to believe that he can heal your heart. Have the faith to believe that he can heal your mind. Have the faith to believe that he is still God over your emotions, that he is God over your anger, that he is God over your bitterness, that he's God over your sadness, that he's God over your envy, that you have no reason to look at someone else 
about what they did or what they did not do, but you look to God and say, God, help me to focus on you, God. Help me to press towards the mark of the high calling in you, God. Help me to see you in all things and everything that I do. See, the forecast is calling for signs. And our prayer needs to be, God, give me a sign because guess what? Just like the fig tree, if it's not meant to be in my life, God, I curse that thing and I see the death of it as a sign. See, you thought that broken relationship was the thing that was going to hurt you, but that was really just a sign of God saying, look what I can do. So guess what? There are certain things, God, that I may need to die in my life. So God, help me to die to my thoughts, God. Help me die to, to die to my flesh, there. God. Help me to die to my opinions there, God. Help me to put everything underneath your perfect mission and your perfect will. This is the place of maturity that we have to get to if we want to see the miracles of God, if we want to see the signs of God, where we're able to say, okay, God, I don't like that. And God's able to say, hey, I'm glad you voiced your opinion. Now take your opinion and put it underneath my will. Because guess what? My will is perfect. My will is right. My will is what you need in your life. So God, help me to see everything that I need to do and to put it underneath your perfect will. So we see that God is calling for miracles. We see that God is calling for signs. And if you have a little tingling of the Holy Ghost, you see where we're going next with this. But our next one that we're coming up with and I got 10% before my iPad dies, so no matter what I want to do, I'm going to be done pretty shortly. <laughs> but we see the next thing is in Mark 4, 35 through 41. And as we see here, this is the story of Jesus. And it's at this point where we see as evening came, Jesus said to his disciple, let's cross to the other side of the lake. We're going to put a pin in that right there. We'll come back to that. But Jesus said these words, simple words. Let's cross to the other side of the lake. So this is when Jesus was in his preaching and teacher's ministry. And you have to understand, Jesus was a, 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 a rock star at this point in time. Hundreds of thousands of people were literally following him wherever he went. He did not go anywhere. So he's like, hey, let's go ahead in this boat and go to the other side. And even the Bible records in some accounts that other boats tried to follow him on the lake as well, too. So we see here they took him out on the boat. But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat, and it began to fill with water. Jesus, now, what was Jesus doing? Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. Please paint this picture. You have the 12 disciples. Now, understand that these were fishermen. These were men that understood how to sail, that understood how to be in a storm. So for them to be in a storm that caused them to fearful, this was some big and mighty and crazy storm. But Jesus now, he chilling in the cut. Jesus got his nice, good, you know, that cool pillow. I don't know about you, but I hate hotel pillows. I like my old beat-up pillow because my beat-up pillow at home is just right. I can put my head in it, and it's just comfy. It's just right where I need to be. I'm sleeping good, and it is perfect. Pastor is a ram in the bush. Would you look at him coming with that side? He hooked me up with some energy. He said, look, you're going to preach this word on today. Thank you, shepherd. That's our pastor that covers and keeps us. Amen. Thank you, sir. <coughs> But we see here, Jesus chilling in the cut. Jesus with his head on a pillow, relaxing, 
uncomfortable. The disciples come in, woke him up saying, teacher, don't you care that we are going to drown? They're afraid at this point. They're shouting, they're screaming, they're terrified. Teacher, Rabbi, Jesus, we're about to drown, we're about to die. And you don't even care. You're sitting here asleep on this pillow. See, the disciples made a mistake. And the first thing that they did is what many of us do. We come to Jesus incorrectly. Because guess what? Even though we know Jesus has the answer, we don't come to him for the answer. We just come to him to complain. We just come to him to just say, hey, God, don't you care? Hey, God, not that I need help, but God, don't you care? When the storms come into our life, are we more offended that Jesus doesn't care instead of trusting him to make a way? Can we remove our offense and our emotions to say, Jesus, not that you don't care, but God, how can you help me make a way? The disciples didn't have the understanding to do that. The disciples only saw what they saw in front of them, and they saw the storm, and they said, Jesus, you must not care about me. God, you don't care what I'm going through. God, you don't care how, how, how these thoughts are messing with my mind. God, you don't care how, how my body is getting sick and I can't seem to get right and I'm taking all these medicines. God, you don't care that I'm trying my best to be a father. God, you don't care that I'm trying my best to be a wife. God, you don't care because I'm doing my best and here you are. Sleep, Jesus. How dare you? And that's how we come to God. That's how we come to Jesus in our lives, not understanding that he wants to do so much more. But we think that Jesus is asleep at the wheel and not understanding that sometimes we just need to rest. Sometimes we just need to be still and know that God has got it covered. Sometimes we need to just step back and be like, man, that's crazy that all this is going on around. But God, you have promised to never leave me nor forsake me. God, aren't you worried about the economy and the crypto dollar and the Russian dollars getting more and all these things are going more? Kurt, aren't you worried about all this? No, because my father owns the cattle on a thousand hill. Kurt, don't you see all the war and all the violence that's going on around us? I, I don't really care because he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide underneath the shadow of the Almighty. I'm not worried about all these things. Why? Because I know that he is my Lord and my refuge and my fortress forever. I will rest in the fact that I know that God's got it. Kurt, how can you be so calm? Because the Bible says, be anxious for nothing. But in prayer and supplication, make your requests made known unto God. I have no reason to worry because I know who's in the ship with me. I am not sailing by myself, but I got the Lord and Savior. And if he's chilling, I'm chilling. So I need to let you know that you need to put enough faith in yourself to understand, God, if you got me, why do I have to worry? Why? <laughs> must I be afraid? God, you have not given me the spirit of fear. God, you have not caused me to live a life where I'm afraid of everything that's going to happen. Why? Because I understand the authority of who you are. I understand the power of who you are. So it's in this. Disciples afraid. Wake them up. 
Jesus says, all right. He wakes up. Simply, he rebukes the wind and said to the wave, silence, be still. Simple words, silence, be still. And suddenly, the wind stopped and there was a great calm. And then he asked them, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? And I believe that is the word on the Lord for somebody today that why are you still afraid? That storm in your life that you keep going to Facebook and complain about, now everybody know your business. Those issues that you have that you keep struggling with, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith after you've seen my miracles, after you've seen my signs? How can you still sit there and have no faith? The disciples were absolutely terrified and they said, who is this man? They asked each other for even the winds and the waves obey him. See, the last thing that we're looking for, yes, the forecast calls for miracles. Yes, the forecast calls for signs, but the forecast also calls for wonders. Wonders is when you sit back and you are just amazed that, my God, look what you did again, that even the waves and the storms in my life, you are able to calm the seas that are raging. What manner of man is this? that I have to stand back in awesome wonder of who God is. The disciples were amazed and wondered at Jesus, but I am wondering when we're going to see the wonders of Jesus in our life. When do we wake up and stand back and be like, my God, you did it again. My God, you're just that mighty. My God, you're just that awesome. Look how you changed the seasons. Look how you changed the weather. Look how you removed the storms from my life. God, you are just that great. When storms come up, can we sit back like God and rest on the pillow and go to sleep at night knowing God I know the storm outside is raging but you've put me in a place where I know I'm safe where I know I'm covered I may not be out the storm yet but in the middle of the storm I could rest and know that God you still have it why because you said peace be still you have said that you have given me a peace that is unexplainable a peace that passes all understanding a peace that I can't put into the words a peace that not even the medications and the doctors and therapy can't handle but God you are the God of peace and since you are the God of peace God I'm going to call for that peace in my life God I'm going to stand on the wonders of who you are God I'm going to proclaim by faith that you are still the God of miracles signs and wonders so guess what I told you to put a pin on it earlier because the problem is is that we don't see the wonders of God because we don't trust the word of God see in the very beginning as Jesus Jesus was ready to go. He said it in verse 35. Let's cross over to the other side. At that moment, that was the very word of God that promised their safety and deliverance. So it didn't matter that a storm came. All they had to do was remember the word of God over their life. So when the storm comes into your life, can you stand on the word of God and say, God, I know your word said you promised to never leave me nor forsake me. So while I'm in the middle of this depressed state, of this sad state, I know that you're going to bring me to the other side. We have to trust in the God and the God of his word that if he said it, he will do it and it shall come to pass. We not need doubt and worry about what his word was because his word stands on its own. So when we get to the place, we can see the forecast of his wonders because we know that his word is true. 
when the forecast calls for wonders in your life, it will leave you speechless. When you see God work a wonder in your life, you're going to sit back and say, I got nothing to say because, God, you've just been too good. I just got to sit back and see the display of your glory, the handiworks of your craft, and say, God, I have nothing to say. Because if he said it, that seals it. If he said it, that means it's going to happen. So sometimes Jesus is showing us we have to step back from the storm. Oh, I'm not going to complain about it. I'm not going to even tell somebody. They don't even know. Man, I didn't even know you was going through that. Well, it wasn't for you to know why, because God's got it. That he's got me covered. That it's going to happen. That you have to just be still and just wait. I believe that's a word for somebody on today. You sitting there with stress and worried. How are you going to figure it out? How are you going to make ends meet? How are you going to get everything to handle? But be still and just wait. It's going to happen. God's word is still going to come true. And he's going to blow your mind. Just like the disciples stood back in amazement. And they were like, wow, what manner of man is this? Are you ready to see what God is going to do in your life? We have to, have to, have to understand <coughs> that God's going to do it. Man, they're going to sit back and how you made it. You can say, I don't know. It was nothing but God. It's, God was just being God. That's one of my favorite statements. How did it happen? God was just being God. He's just who he is. He's just who he said he was going to be. He just is a man of his word. So we see that the forecast is calling for Miracles, signs, and wonders. That has been the word over this house for this season. That we are on the edge of miracles. That God, you are about to do something amazing and wonderful. I don't know if you've tapped in, as the young folks like to say. I don't know if you plugged in and received that. But God wants to do miracles, and he wants to do signs, and he wants to do wonders. Miracles. God can speak a word and bring healing, bring deliverance, bring salvation. Signs. God can curse the thing, and by faith we can see the signs of what God's going to do in our lives. And wonders. God wants to blow your mind but 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 that sounds good <laughs> that sounds great but there's still something missing that y'all just don't quite got it yet and I'm not saying that to make anybody feel bad but what you have to understand if we're looking at that verse like I said our target verse our target verse John 14 and 12 I tell you the truth Anyone who believes will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I'm going to be with the Father. See, let me go back to my story. Some of y'all that may came in later, if you tune in late online, I, I'll catch you up real quick. Remember, there's this all small little rural farming community. They were getting desperate. There was no rain. That means there was no way to grow crops. There was no way to make money. There was no way to live a life. That means death was in this community. And in that, they said, look, let's bring everybody together. I don't care, Buddhist, Muslim, Christian, Lutheran, Catholic, it doesn't matter. They all came, they prayed, and no rain was in sight. But the next day, the next day, a boy came up. A boy walked up 
and he walked in the middle of the square. No one was there. And the boy was there. And the boy simply said this. He said, oh, God, we need rain. So, God, show your power and give us rain. See, the day before, all the preachers, even Baptists, even just regular Christian good folks came and tried to pray the same prayer, but the boy came. He came. He was up there. And he said, oh, God, we need rain. Show your power by your great name and give us rain. So he's there. And all of a sudden, as he finished praying, the sky got darker. And he was praying, a little rumbling started to take place. And then as he's praying, the clouds start getting a little bigger. And even after all the preachers and all the stuff, and everybody came before, but as he was praying, the rain started to come. The rain started to come. And I'm confused, and I was listening to the story, and I'm wondering, well, God, how did this happen? The little boy prayed the same prayer that probably all the other preachers and everybody else had prayed before, but there was something different about this little boy. He came not only with the faith of God, but he came expecting the rain. Because guess what? I work this. I got this out the back. He came the whole time. He was praying and there was no rain. But guess what? He had an umbrella. Because guess what? He understood that, hey, guess what? God, if I'm expecting you to do something in my life, I'm coming prepared like you're going to do it. Even if I don't see it. Even if it hasn't happened yet. Guess what? I have enough faith to believe that miracles, signs, and wonders are coming to those that believe. See, the problem is we pray a prayer, but we don't expect God to do nothing. We don't have the faith that God is going to show up. But I dare you to come with your umbrella and say, God, I don't see the rain, but I expect the rain to come in my life. God, oh, it is still sunny outside, but God, you promised me that you're going to do something amazing. So I am sitting here with my umbrella because I am expecting a rain. Why? Because I am on the edge of miracles. We have to come ready and expecting for God to do great things in our life. How dare we pray and believe and trust in God to do a thing, but we don't have expectancy. Pastor Barnes used to say it, expectancy is the breeding ground for breakthrough. How can you expect God to do anything in your life, but you don't have the faith to believe it? I need you to understand that I hear the sound and the abundance of rain, that rain is coming, that miracles is coming, that signs are coming, that wonders are coming. We are on the edge of miracles, but the problem is we are not living out John 14 and 12 because it says, I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes, it is by your faith and by what you believe. Can you have the belief and the expectancy to know that no matter what God's going to do in your life, that he's going to do the miracles, that he's going to show you the signs, that he's going to work wonders. Catch this. Mark 16 and 17 says this. These miraculous signs accompany those who believe. These signs accompany those who believe. The problem is that while you are not seeing the miracles in your life, it is not because God is not God enough. It's because your faith is not strong enough. Do you believe? Do you believe that God is able to still do miracles today? The forecast is on the horizon.
horizon. And I am believing that God is calling miracles, signs, and wonders. But not only that God's going to do it, but I'm going to do it. Do you understand that God wants to use you as a miracle? That God wants to use you to bring a miracle forth. That we have to know and trust and believe that God, we can do greater works than you. That is what Jesus left us as his instructions. How powerful is that? That everything we've read about in our Christian walk, every story, every healing, every blessing, every miracle, every sign, every wonder, Jesus literally said, oh, that's cool, but I expect you to do more. And the problem is, we don't believe that. We don't believe that when the altar is open, and the Bible says that if you are sick, to call upon the elders of the church, that you can lay hands on the sick, and they shall be healed. You don't understand that it was two Wednesdays ago. The word came. And she said, hey, pray for my daughter. She has to go because she's got, she, they think that she has cancer. So what did we do as a body of believers? We stood back and said, forget what's going on in the service. We prayed a prayer of faith. And we say, by God's word, your word says that your daughter is healed. And I don't know this person, but I had enough faith to believe that God, if your word is true, and we prayed a prayer of faith. And guess what? The testimony of the believers came back. She said, the doctors could not find one part of cancer. Why is that? That's because we are on the edge of miracles. We are believing God to do the impossible. And we know that God, it's not just a fairy tale, but I have the power because I believe in your word. I'm here on assignment today to push you, to tell you that you have the ability to see the miracles, signs, and wonders of God, that he is not just some fairy tale Disney character, but he is a God that desires to do something in your life. What is that thing that you are saying, God is too big for me to handle, and God said, I've made you big enough to handle that thing. If you only just believe the Turian knew I didn't need God to show up where I needed him. I just needed him to speak a word. Right now you may be here and you may have a situation at home or at work. But do you have enough faith to believe that even now God can speak a word? We have to. We have to, and I have to push you and challenge you. If you are a member of Hopewell and you are wearing a t-shirt that says we are on the edge of miracles, guess what? You will forever stay on the edge of a miracle. But I'm here to tell you and to decree and declare that from the word of the Lord that the thing that's going to push you over into that thing of miracle is the faith to believe. If you can have the faith to believe that God has given you everything that you need to be the miracle, to be the sign, to be the wonder. Do you know that you could be someone's miracle? <laughs> Y'all don't really grasp that, that you can be someone's miracle.
miracle that they could say, man, I see Sister Jessica, and she was the miracle I needed in my life. I see Pastor Swims, and he was the miracle I needed in my life. I see Mother Algie, and she was the miracle I needed in my life. That we have power through Christ because that's his plan. I'm here to let you know his plan wasn't just for you to come to church every Sunday. Just to hear a word and say, okay, big mystical God, do what you're going to do. But no, his plan was for you to say, hey, yeah, I'm that big mystical God. But I sent my son Jesus to live here on this earth. And because you were a filthy wretch undone, full of sin, he was perfect and he had to die. And he died for me. He died for you. And because he died, now I have his spirit living on the inside of me that empowers me to now go out into the world and to do great miracles, signs, and wonders. Saints of God, we have to grow to the place in these next weeks, in these next days, in these next months, where we see and understand the miracles, signs, and wonders of God, that you have to believe that God can do some amazing things in your life. Can you imagine how packed this place would be if people know that the source of their miracle was here? Do you know how packed this place would be if your lifestyle as you went out, you was bearing the fruits of miracles, signs, and wonders, and people are saying, hey, how are you living like you're living? How are you surviving like you're surviving? How are you thriving like you're thriving? And you're saying, because I met a man named Jesus, because I had an encounter with a man named Jesus, and my life was forever changed. So this Sunday morning, I challenge you, to see that the forecast is calling for miracles, signs, and wonders. These are not stories in the book. This is not just what a preacher says, but it is something that you can experience today. Today. So it's in this moment that the word of God has been preached. It's done its work. It's sent out and done what God accomplished it to do. But now, the part that we miss is that you have a responsibility like the centurion, how are you going to respond to the word of the Lord? Are you going to say, well, no, God, I, I need you to do something else. Or are you going to say, no, God, you've done enough because you've already spoken a word. Now it's up to me to receive it. It's up to me to live it. It's up to me to act it out. So it's at this time where it's a simple, 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 simple appeal I have that I know that there are some people here that are saying, okay, God, I still have a little doubt. And that's okay. Jesus, after he died, he came back. The disciples didn't believe that he rose from the dead. Thomas was sitting here like, Lord, I, I don't know if it's you. I need a sign. Show me the holes in your hand. Show me where they pierced you in the side. I need to see something. It's okay to ask God for a sign and say, I need to see something. So it's in this moment that if that is you, that you are doubting God, I don't know if you could be the God of miracle signs and wonders in my life. But I dare you to take a step of faith and to simply just stand. And not only to just stand, but as we are from the altar and as our ministers and elders are coming, that in this moment, in this worship moment, in this atmosphere, that we can say, God, I, I just need a little push. I just need someone to walk alongside me. 
to help me believe and to see what I need. I need someone to pray with me. I need someone to believe with me. I need someone to strengthen with me. So if at this time the altar is open, 